the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today as it is every day. We'll get to some open line Friday a little bit later on our program. You know, but first, one of the things I want to let you know is that the KKLA Impact 23 Pastors Conference is coming up September 21st at Azusa Pacific University. And one of our uh, keynote speakers is Dr. Robert Jeffress. You hear Dr. Uh, Jeffress right here on KKLA every day at uh, 10 o'clock. You also hear him in San Diego at 11 o'clock. And on his show, Pathway to Victory, he's the senior pastor of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. And he joins me now right here. Uh, Dr. Jeffress, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Well, thanks for having me, Pastor Scott. It's great to be with you. It's great to be with you. You know, uh, I was at the First Baptist Church of San Diego, you know, which uh, would fit inside the First Baptist Church. The entire building, I think, would fit inside the First Baptist Church of Dallas. <laughs> but you've got a much better location. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how's the weather out there? Uh, today? Yeah, hotter than you know what. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're saying here, too. But uh, we, we complain if it gets anywhere outside of the 70s one way or the other. Uh, you know, out here. Well, we're, we're looking forward to having you with us this uh, uh, September. You'll also be in San Diego in uh, October, so you'll be out here a couple of times. Yes. Yeah. Well, how long have you been at First Baptist Dallas? Well, I actually grew up, uh, Scott, in my church. Uh, I uh, was saved and baptized and married here. And when I was 15, I felt the call to the ministry. And my predecessor was the legendary W.A. Chriswell. W.A. Chriswell. Fifty years, and yeah. uh, when I turned twenty-one, he hired me to be the youth minister. Uh, I did that here for seven years. I remember it because it corresponds to the tribulation—seven years. And then finally, I went out west to pastor my first church, and then another church, and then I came back home to pastor here about sixteen years ago. All right, so sixteen years. Well, I'm I'm glad to have you on our show. And so, at about fifteen, did you say? Uh, it's just when you decided you wanted to go into ministry. Well, I would say it was God called me. Yeah. Uh, you know, people say wasn't an audible voice, and I say it was louder than that. But it was a very distinct call. Uh, I thought up until the time I was 15, since I was a little boy, I thought I knew what I was going to do. I really wanted to be an executive producer on television. And hmm. even as a young teenager, I read every broadcast journal, every business journal I could read. And I thought I was headed in that direction. And God had a different idea. I read that you were on a uh, game show one time. Uh, <laughs> was it Card Sharks or something like that? I actually was a giant banana on Let's Make a Deal with the original Monty Hall. But then uh, after that, we were in this little West Texas pastorate, and I needed a car and didn't have the money for one. So I decided the best way uh, to get the money for the car was to win it on a game show. So I studied all the game shows that offered cash, came up with card sharks, 
uh, went out to L.A. to audition for it and became the four-day champion on Card Sharks. And, you know, what's funny is that gets played about every six months on the Game Show Network. And I know it's playing because our switchboard lights up for people. And it does. Now, here's a here's a funny uh, question, because uh, you're uh, and I'm a Baptist pastor, too, and you're a Baptist pastor. Do you get extra uh, calls because it's a game called Card Sharks? Well, let me tell you, in that little West Texas town, I was scared to death about when they found out what I had done. And uh, we, of course, pre-taped it months before it aired. And I was uh, uh, very uh, concerned (laughs) about how the deacons were going to respond. But they had a good laugh with it. I bet they did. I think that's an interesting story. It's such a uh, I think that we fear sometimes in the ministry those kinds of things more than what the reality is. Yeah. Does that make sense? My wife and I danced at our first dance at uh, another Baptist church where I was at. And I guess while we were on our honeymoon, everybody freaked out that there was a dance. Uh, But I don't think people actually cared at all. They they don't care as much as we think they do. And, you know, I've read somewhere that 80 percent of the things we fear never end up happening. So. You know, worry is interest paid on trouble before it's due. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So uh, you got uh, being an executive producer out of your, uh, you know, out of your mind there for a while and got into to ministry. Uh, and you started as a youth minister at 21, you said. That's right. So, and I wasn't much lar- older than the kids I was trying to pastor. And, you know, Dr. Criswell was very patient. I made a lot of mistakes and uh But he said, I'll never forget what he said to me when he hired me. He said, lots of people will have ideas about what you should do. And just remember, you only answer to me. And all I'm going to do is pray for you. And uh, I really appreciated that. That's very good advice. By the way, Scott, it gives a good portrait, though, into how churches ought to operate. Uh, A church has to be pastor led. Uh, If the staff ever feels like they're working both for the pastor or the congregation, no man can serve two masters. There's got to be a clear line of authority in any church for it to work. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. That's been a hard thing, you know, for a lot of different kinds of churches. There's obviously different structures and things that contribute to that. But, you know, uh, that matters a lot. Leadership is something that is Old and New Testament prescribed by God. That's right. And the pastor is the uh, leader of the church. Dr. Criswell used to say a committee-led church is a dead church. <laughs> I think that's a really yeah. good way of looking Might get at some it. calls about that, uh, you know, eventually. But the from church, the committees. From, from the committees, right? The church I was in, which is a wonderful church, and they just got a brand-new pastor to replace me uh, this last weekend. I got to go down there and pray for him, and that was wonderful. Um, one of the things I used to joke about, though, is they had light switches all over the church that didn't make any sense. Middle of the hall, outside of the bathroom, but not inside the bathroom. And and I said, no individual would put the light switches here. Only a church committee would put the light switches in these places. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the old joke? A giraffe is a horse put together by a committee? Yeah, something uh, like yeah. that. <laughs> well, you know, I think people feel that. But, you know, people put in a lot of hard work in the church, you know, over, over time. Uh, you know, how would you say things have changed? So you've been in ministry quite a while. Um, you were a youth director. Youth ministry is completely different now, you know, than yeah. it was in our time. And ministry in general, what, what do you say the differences are just in the last 20 or 30 years? Well, I think we look at the polls. We know, first of all, people are attending church a lot less frequently than mm-hmm. they used to. 
And I think what you've seen, especially that was turbocharged by the pandemic. Yeah. I think people got into the bad habit of not assembling together. And even when they came back, they came back less frequently. So I think that's a major challenge that and change that has gone on. I think um, people's amount of time they're willing to give to a church is uh, definitely decreased. But one of the things I'm going to be talking about at the pastor's conference on September 21st is how pastors pastor in a polarized nation. Hmm. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen our country as divided as it is now since the Civil War, really. And a lot of that division, Scott, unfortunately, has crept into the church. And I think there's a lot of confusion right now about what the mission statement of the church is. You know, we look at the division in the country. We look at the rapid uh, abandonment of basic Christian beliefs. We look at the immoral LGBTQ agenda being fostered on the American people. We think, what are we to be doing as a church? How are we supposed to be answering What's happening in the culture? Do we organize 24-hour prayer vigils? Do we enlist people to vote? Do we hand out gospel tracts? And so I'm going to talk about revisit what the mission of the church is in light of what's happening in the culture. I think that is um, something that we're still seeing, right, is that people still haven't come back after the, the COVID. The, would you say that the division that we're facing in our country is part of the reason that people aren't coming back, or is it something that's more systemic within the church of why people are less likely to attend uh, regularly now? I think it's both. I think the division is a good excuse that people mm-hmm. might get for not coming. But I think uh, part of it is just a failure to understand the role and the importance of the local church. I just wrote a new book called What Every Christian Should Know, 10 Core Beliefs for Standing Strong in a Shifting World. And I revisited the 10 most basic doctrines of historic Christianity. And one is what every Christian should know about the church. You know, we sometimes actually apologize for the local church and thinks it's somehow, you know, kind of a pitiful excuse for a charitable organization that has outlived its usefulness. The Bible says God's the one who created the church. Jesus loved the church, and uh, we are to love what the Bible loves and what Jesus loved. And we shouldn't apologize for the church. We ought to realize it is the only Christian institution that God created. Every other organization is man-created. That doesn't mean it's bad, but it means it's man's idea. But God came up with the idea of the local church. The local church is God's plan for accomplishing his mission in the world. And we need to understand that and understand how much we need the church. Yes, the church needs us, but we need the church. I tell people we're like those porcupines that were huddling together in northern Canada to keep warm. They needed each other, even though they needled each other. And uh, yeah, other Christians can be irritating at times. But the fact is, we need the encouragement, the admonition that comes from being with other believers. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Dr. Robert Jeffress. He is uh, the senior pastor of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, and you hear him here on KKLA and KPRZ on Pathway to Victory every day. You know, uh, Dr. Jeffress, that is so key. How do we, you know, when you're talking with church people about encouraging them to be in the church today, what is something key? You know, today we can watch it online. I think that's another piece, right, is that I can stay home and have waffles and uh, be in my jammies and and watch church. Um, 
when you're sharing that vision for what the church is and you're reminding people what it is, what do you think is the, the key to really reaching somebody to say, get back into church? Well, I think, first of all, it's to say God created it, not yeah. to take up our time, but to meet our need. I think, secondly, we need to affirm that, yes, online ministries, those are great. We had 2.3 million people watching us online last Sunday, but that's no substitute for being in a local church. That's a great supplement, but it's no substitute. There's a difference between the two. And then I think we need to realize that Satan, if you believe 1 Peter 5, 8, is roaming about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour and Satan's tactic, and you've seen this, Scott, as a pastor, it hasn't changed because it works very effectively. Mm-hmm. Satan loves to isolate people from the church, from other Christians, then attack them, and then destroy them. That's why Solomon said uh, two are better than one, and a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And uh, we need the strength that comes from other believers. You know, the Bible likens the most common used imagery of the church is the body. It's the body of Christ. I mean, what happens if you sever your hand from the rest of the body? Eventually, that hand withers up and dies because it's not receiving the nutrients, the oxygen, the blood it needs from the rest of the body. It's what happens to a Christian when he's separated from the church. He loses that nutrition that he needs, that spiritual nourishment. So that's what I say to a person who is being lax in his attendance. And and I remind them, God created the church for our benefit. You know, when I have a, we're a call-in show and I have people call in, often when they're struggling, I'll ask them, you know, uh, where do you go to church? And they often say, well, I've stopped going. And, you know, that's one of the things is you have to be part of the body, just like you said, that it matters to show up, even if it uh, even if there's somebody prickly there. (laughs) Yeah, well, our friend David Jeremiah says very well, he said, there's only one person who thinks you ought to suspend going to church when you're going through a difficult season. And that's the devil. And, uh, you know, but you've heard it as a pastor. Well, pastor, we're sitting out, we're taking a sabbatical from church because we're going through a difficult time or we're trying to get some things together. That's the time you need to be in the church, not away from the church. Yeah. When uh, you think of uh, pastors and you work with pastors uh, and get to meet with pastors all over the country, what is some of the biggest challenges that people ought to know their pastor is facing that maybe the pastor doesn't talk about. I didn't talk about a lot of stuff. I realized, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to look, be seen as a complainer or that I was griping, but there's a lot. What should people know? Well, I think, first of all, pastors need encouragement. So I would encourage members to encourage your pastor because the better he does, the better you do. It's to your benefit to have an encouraged, not a discouraged pastor. But I also would ask congregations to do their best not to make their pastors put on a referee's uniform every Sunday and try to referee between different factions in the church. Again, I've never seen the church more polarized. And look, I'm very conservative politically. I think everybody knows that. Everybody knows where I stand on things. But, you know, some of the greatest criticism I'm getting and other pastors are getting is not from liberals or moderates, it's from extreme conservatives who are much further to the right end of the spectrum than even I am, and pulling me to try to be more uh, conservative, to take positions on every issue that comes up and every political issue. 
And that creates division and schisms in the church. And again, the pastor is called not to referee between warring factions in the church, but to teach the Word of God. I think that pressure is on pastors more than it's ever been, and yes. they can be pulled to the right or the left, wherever they stand, uh, you know, depending yeah. on where they are, that for some reason you have to plant your flag in every issue and say, this is where Jesus would stand. Yeah, that's you know. right. <laughs> uh, and, and, and there are some issues that are called political that are biblical, the right, right to life and religious freedom. Those are non-negotiables. How those are carried out and what's the best way to implement those policies, that's a matter of opinion. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, we just need to um, steer away from that. You know, and maybe I shouldn't tell this story. I don't know if I ought to tell it or not. But everything uh, is good on this show. You know, people have asked me, you know, everybody knows my support for President Trump. And they've said, you know, how did your church react to that when you took a public stand uh, with the former president? And uh, it was after a weekend I had spent with him campaigning in Iowa. I came back and I told my church, you need to know I'm doing this privately, but I make a pledge to you. You will never hear politics preached from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church at Dallas. I will lay my politics at the front door of the church when I come in here, if you will do the same. And if we'll make that commitment together, let's talk about the only leader that matters, Jesus Christ. And they gave me a standing ovation, and I never heard a word about it really after that time. I do think. So, yeah, yeah think, go ahead. I think most people feel that way, right? I think most people feel like they can, that we should be able to find things that are the moral issues that we ought to agree with and speak out about in our country. And but there's also things that don't matter that much that we can leave alone. Yeah. Well, we've got enough to preach about preaching the Bible. Yes, we do. Get mixed up in the other things. That's right. My guest is Dr. Robert Jeffress, uh, who you hear every day on this uh, station in Pathway to Victory. He's the senior pastor of the First Baptist Church of Dallas. You know, Pastor, uh, what would you say is the the line for? What are some issues that are in the public square that Christians need to speak out about versus things that they can leave, you know, to the politicians to argue about? Yeah, well, I think, you know, questions about taxation, for example, you know, that's not something that's addressed in the Bible. If you're skilled enough at manipulating the Bible, you can make a case for lower taxes or higher taxes. I mean, you really can. Depends which stories and analogies you use. That's just not a major theme with the Bible. And uh, I think immigration policy, I think there's a principle, certainly, uh, that we ought to care about those who are suffering need. But there's also a principle that every nation needs to have borders and boundaries. And how you find the balance between those two uh, truths is something that I don't think a pastor is skilled enough to come up with. I think we need to leave that to the politicians to come up with a compromise. Yeah. You know, I think that when we're talking about uh, unifying the church, what would you say is the best unifying message for people in the church as we are so divided? We're even divided from other churches, right? So denominationally, of course, but even within our denominations, we divide over things. How do we get out of that and focus and work together as one church of Jesus Christ? Well, I think it comes back to the gospel. I mean, the gospel is simple, it's succinct, but it's universal. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. 
there is a Jesus. He did die for our sins, and he's coming back again. And that's what we need to say over and over again. Yeah, and that that's unifying. The gospel is unifying. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you're going to be our speaker at the Impact College, one of our uh, keynote speakers coming up on September 21st. And listeners can check it out at kkla.com and click on the banner there. Send it to your pastor. Um, how would you encourage pastors to uh, to take the time? It's a Thursday morning, and sometimes I think we say, ah, Thursday morning. I mean, there's a free breakfast, I think, and lunch. So that's encouraged. That would get me there, no matter who's speaking. <laughs> but What's the better benefit? Why should people tell their pastor, hey, go to this conference? Here's why. I have been to many of these, if not over 100 of these I've spoken at, and many of them through the years, last 10 years. And what I've seen is pastors come discouraged, isolated. They feel like they're all by themselves. And when they look in a room and see there are hundreds of people who are in the same boat they're in, going through the same unique uh challenges. That is encouraging. And I would just say to you pastors who are considering coming, come not just for the message. Maybe you'll learn something, maybe you won't, but come from the fellowship and perhaps the relationships you'll develop that will begin that morning with people around your table. Uh, It'll be well worth the effort. That is a great word. I agree with that completely. I Sometimes I would drag myself to these things and then be so encouraged just because I was there. And so uh, the KKLA uh, impact Pastors Conference is coming up at Azusa Pacific University at September 21st, begins at 8 a.m. Check out uh, kkla.com to find out more. Dr. Robert Jeffress will be one of the keynote speakers. We're looking forward to seeing you there, and I'll meet you there in person as well. And uh, I look forward to that. Thank you for, uh, for coming to that. Thanks for having me, Scott. Great to be with you. And thanks for being on the Pastor Scott Show. Really appreciate it. You bet. All right. Dr. Robert Jeffress is on our show. You can hear him every day on KKLA at 10 in the morning on Pathway to Victory and in KPRZ in San Diego at 11 in the morning. And uh, his new book is What Every Christian Should Know, 10 Core Beliefs. And uh, I'm going to check that out. I think that sounds fantastic. Speaking of unity, those beliefs probably uh, really help us focus in the right areas. Well, they do, and it's a great course, by the way, for a Bible study, small group Bible study, Sunday school topic, going over the 10 core beliefs of historic Christianity. There's a leader's guide that goes along with the book. All right, and you can get that at Pathway to Victory, uh, your website. Or Amazon.com. Or Amazon.com, or wherever books are sold, Right, as they <laughs> used to say. All right, Dr. Jeffers, thanks for being with us, and I'm going to check out the Game Show Network, see if I catch you on there. I'll be on soon, I'm sure. All right, all right. God bless you. Thanks for being on the Pastor Scott Show. Thanks, Scott. All right, when we return, we'll have Open Line Friday. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. How are you being beating the heat? Did you go see Sound of Freedom? What did you think? We'll take any question you have or comment or subject. That's what we do on Open Line Friday. We'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. It is Open Line Friday. 
The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Give us a call with anything that's on your mind. You can talk about something that is a biblical question, something in the news. Maybe you didn't get through earlier this week to a subject. You can bring that back up. Whatever it is that's on your mind, that is today. You can change the subject, 888-528-2557 is the number. One of the big stories today is just simply it's hot out. What are you going to do to beat the heat? Do you have plans? What advice do you have? What happens if you're, you're too hot? Your air conditioner breaks. We had ours break several years ago, right in the middle of a heat wave. It seems like that's when that happens. In fact, we drove, our, uh, we drove a van out to um, Phoenix a couple of years ago, and during and it was like 125, and the street signs were melting. They were just curling over and melting in the street. The kids went outside and used the asphalt for Play-Doh. It was, a, it was an amazing time, and our air conditioner went out. And, uh, you know, you can sweat a lot. How are you beating the heat? 888-528-2557. Some Californians, and I love this about California. I feel like we're the only state that does this. You know what some people are going to do this weekend? No kidding. Uh, according to news reports, Death Valley is expecting many visitors to show up because it's possible that they will get temperature readings that would be the hottest ever recorded on planet Earth. 130, 132 degrees is when that will be at Death Valley. Would you go to Death Valley? Is that your plan? I think that's a California thing. You know, we get a news report that says hottest temperatures ever on Earth. Be careful because you could die in the hot temperatures. It's actually very, very uh, dangerous. And what do we do? We get in the car and we go out there. Whenever there's like a tsunami warning, you know, a tsunami warning and there's an earthquake out in the ocean, what do we do? We only drive out to Santa Monica to see the tidal wave kill us. That's what we do here in Southern California. I don't know. I kind of like that about our culture. It's like uh, predictable that we might do that. In, in Death Valley, there is a creek. It's called the Furnace Creek. And uh, you can go to the Furnace Creek Visitor Center and they've got a big thermometer outside there. You know, that sounds like a good place to go camping. Where are you going to go? We're going to go to the Furnace Creek and uh, go camping out there. Uh, how do you beat the heat? 888-528-2557. It's open line Friday, so anything that you want to call about, call now. 888-528-2557. I don't know what we're going to do. I'm concerned that I'm going to Magic Mountain or something like that. And, uh, you know, part of that theme park has shade but part of it, there's no trees at all. There's just, there's nothing. It's just concrete, and uh, it might be 130 really there. Maybe that means it won't be crowded, though. You ever go there on a really hot day, uh, Wilbert? Uh, I just spent last weekend at Disneyland. Oh, you did? And yeah. uh, how was it? It was hot. It was hot. Uh, were the crowds low? They're saying the crowds are low at Disneyland. Surprisingly, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting uh, situation that's happening at Disneyland. People are asking, you know, is Disney getting Bud Lighted? I think they are. I think they are. Their stock price, like it's quiet, started a long time ago. But their stock price has been down 60%. Like it's lost nine years. And, you know, so you said it wasn't very crowded. So how, what was the longest line you waited in? I think maybe, maybe 50 minutes, 55 and that's that's pretty short for uh for a Disneyland crowd, yeah. And for a July yeah. Disneyland crowd. Um that's interesting. Are you uh, are you not going to Disney out there or or stopping somehow? The the parks have been the one thing doing well until now, actually. 
uh, in that that company. Uh, Bob Iger from Disney has been uh, talking about this. He was asked about this in an interview over the weekend. Here's some of what he had to say. The last thing that I want for the company is for the company to be drawn be drawn into any culture wars. You know, we've operated for you know almost 100 years as a company, making product that we actually are proud of in terms of its impact on the world. You know, I, I, I joke every once in a while we're there to manufacture fun. Well, you, you know, we're, you we're there to tell great stories. I know. Bob Iger is the CEO of Disney. Remember, the previous CEO got fired, and he was the CEO before that. They brought him back. Uh, I think Disney's in trouble. I think that they've lost the brand. I don't know. I don't know if it's recoverable. You know, that's the thing, I think that is really interesting about this i think and i'm a parent i'm a parent of two kids and you know here's here's what i think i think that the genius of disney the genius of walt disney was that he created a park and then he created a company and this is what walt disney had to say that he wanted to create a park and then company with movies and entertainment that was fun for kids and their parents that it wasn't like a park where you drag your you take your kids to because they're going to have fun and you're going to be miserable. Now you might be miserable at Disneyland. My my dad is definitely a grumpy dwarf at Disneyland. If, is grumpy one of those seven yeah, dwarfs? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's my dad. <laughs> and uh, but most 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 parents and actually my dad had a good time most of the time. Just the last time we went, we just really enjoyed him not having a good day. But uh, it was. It was fun. It was fun for kids. You didn't question it. And if you went to a Disney movie, you didn't question what kinds of messages might be sent. They would be wholesome, just as what Bob Iger just said about 100 years as, yeah, that was the Disney message. But that's not true anymore. I don't think anybody thinks that's true anymore. As a parent, I have to watch the movie first. And, you know, my, my kids have pointed out, my kids have pointed out, we've watched the Avengers movies, the Marvel movies. And they've mostly gone downhill. Uh, Spider-Man 3 was really good. But the rest of the more recent ones, mostly, I think, are pretty terrible. In fact, I haven't even seen them. Um, but my kids pointed out something interesting about those uh, Marvel movies is that mostly the people who say bad words are the good guys. That's an interesting thing. I remember going to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And there was a lot of language in it, all said by the heroes, not the bad guys. Not that it should be in there at all, but I would expect that the bad guys maybe are using the bad language in a kid's movie, not the good guys. And I've watched it since then, and uh, my older son James is the one who pointed that out, and he's right, that it's an interesting – see, that's a cultural thing. Number one, it's a cultural change that you're going to have uh, grown-up language – it's not grown-up language, it's the wrong word – bad language in a, in a Disney movie, which you really didn't have to worry about. And there is a statement being made that it's the good guys doing it. I think that's very deliberate. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. It's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about, Bible question or uh, something on your mind. Plus, we've got a couple of books that we're going to give away uh, today to uh, some lucky callers. So you never know. That might be you. 888-528-2557. Um, the other thing I think uh, is interesting about this, with Walt's vision about Disney being a company that is fun, provides fun entertainment for parents and their kids, I think what's happened is it's not fun for parents in a bigger way now. It's not fun for me 
to have to have some weird conversation about sexual issues or something else because we watched a Disney movie or because we watched a, or we went to the parks and had to deal with somebody. I chased off a couple years ago in Disney who were, who were, they needed to get a, a room instead of doing this on a bridge that was a little bit secluded, but they were really going at it in a public place, you know, and I chased them out of there. And uh, I remember thinking that, you know, this is Disneyland of all the places, you know, don't do that here. But now you have to deal with all kinds of things. That's the difference. That's why Disney, I think, has lost the brand, is that it used to, used to be safe. It's not safe. And I'm not sure that they're they're getting it. Bob Iger was asked whether or not uh, Disney is... Uh, if it's true that there's a agenda to uh, introduce sexual subjects with kids, this is what he said. The notion that Disney is in any way sexualizing children, quite frankly, is, is preposterous um, and inaccurate. No, it's not, Bob. I mean, if there's any message I could say as a parent, and you can tell me if you disagree, that's all right. You can disagree with me, 888-528-2557. I think that it's very much a part of it. It's been very much a part of the recent movies. And Disney has, you know, they probably just need to stop on the Marvel things because they ran out of some ideas. They took, you know, they have taken issues and injected them into the cartoons, into the theme parks, into uh, the the movies that are subjects that you just don't want to have to talk about with your kids. And that is a problem. It's the same problem that we're seeing in the schools. It's the same problems that we're seeing all over the place. This is a it's a really big deal. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, who's the Speaker of the House, uh, he had this line today. What he was really talking about today was uh, the 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 House passed the uh, Defense Authorization Act, and in it though they took out some of the um, different DEI things and the the. Uh, teachings about transgenderism and the transgender care and some of those kinds of things, which uh, the people on the left don't like that, people on the right like that. They, but they thought the military shouldn't be talking about that. And when being talked, when being, when discussing this today, Kevin McCarthy said this: "Just focus on the military. Stop using taxpayer money to do their own wokeism. A military cannot defend themselves if you train them in woke." We don't want Disneyland to train our military. We want our men and women in the military to have every defense possible. See, he said, I don't want Disneyland to train our military. And I think every single person, whether they agree with him or not, they all know what he means. I don't want Disneyland to train our military. See, that's the that that's the brand. That's what's happened to Disney. And I don't know. I don't know if it's recoverable at all. All right, we're going to take a break. How do you how do you deal with the heat? Is one of these subjects today? I'd also like to hear if you went to see the uh, Sound of Freedom movie. What did you think about that? The number is eight 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 five two eight two five five seven eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Friday edition Open Line Friday continues in a moment. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. 
Open line Friday. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. You can call right now about anything you would like. So on Fridays, what we do is we allow you to pick the subject or change the subject, whatever might be on your mind. Maybe you've got a Bible question, maybe a comment about something going on in the news, or just whatever is on your mind. We it's, we go all kinds of directions on uh, Friday once in a while, 888-528-2557. So it's up to you. Give us a call right now. Hey, and you might even go home with a book. Well, not go home. We'll mail it to you. We'll send you a book. You know, not not everybody, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. 888-528-2557. It's hot out this weekend. Uh, our first really big heat wave, I think, triple digits in a lot of parts of Southern California. What do you like to do to beat the heat? Uh, do you like it? Do you stay indoors? Do you have to go find a cooling center? You know, if you're older, especially, or you're affected by the heat, you know, make sure you don't, uh, make sure you don't, you know, uh, just take it for granted that you're going to be okay. You never know. My youngest son, John, he got uh, some kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, there's medical terms that mean things. You know, I think we use heat stroke and uh, words like that. I don't want to say he had heat stroke, but he had uh, some kind of heat exhaustion or something a couple weeks ago. Last Friday, it was, you know, two weeks ago today, he had it actually. And uh, he got outside and he was at an uh, all-day pool trip with some people. And I don't think he – he put on some suntan stuff, but not a lot. And he just hasn't seen a lot of sun. And he got fried. He His shoulders got fried and they got blistered. It was not good. We had to you know, call the doctor. We had to get him on Pedialyte. He had a fever he was, you know, kind of lethargic. It was bad. It was really bad. So, you know, don't take it for granted. We had to really uh, uh, work with him. Now, uh, he told us later that he was, you know, eating some but other kids' pizza crusts and other stuff. So maybe he just got sick, you know, from something. He's, he's what I say, 10? He's 11 now. He's 11 years old. And that's one of the things you do. When I was 11, I was thinking about this today. What did I do when it was hot? We didn't have you know, there was no point in staying indoors. You know, the air conditioner didn't work too well. Uh, I mean, the point would be you stay indoors to be a little safer. And uh, I rode my bike all over town. We were just out. I don't think my parents, I need to ask my parents if they even knew what, what I was doing. I won a contest. My church had a contest. The contest was, it was an ice cream eating contest. But the contest was that you had to to determine which bowls of ice cream were store-bought versus which bowls of ice cream were homemade. Now, I think that's easy. And maybe, and apparently I'm wrong about that. I thought it was easy. I got it 100% right. I won the contest. I was the pastor's kid, so there was a controversy related to that and whether or not my eligibility should be. uh, But my dad had nothing to do with it. He wasn't part of it. I had no problem. I just took a bite and I said, oh, that's Baskin-Robbins. Oh, this one is uh, Thrifty Ice Cream. I even knew the brand. You know, this one is Dryers. No, this one is homemade. And I could tell you who made it. And I won. And my, my prize was coupons to, uh, you know, like gifts. They would have been like gift certificates back in the day to Baskin-Robbins. And we had a Baskin-Robbins uh, pretty close to our house. I could easily ride my bike to it. And I remember that was one of the greatest summers. This is how I beat the heat as a kid. I had, I don't know how much money it was. I don't remember, but it was a lot. It was a great prize. And I went to Baskin Robbins all the time. That's one of my favorite things. By myself, just me. Certainly wasn't going to share it with my sister, uh, who's three years younger. And uh, I wonder if I ever did. I'm (laughs) probably, she was never out riding bikes with me. So uh, that didn't happen. Uh, and if I was 10, maybe, so she would have been seven, she probably not, uh, probably didn't know. 
Anyway, uh, Baskin Robbins, my favorite ice cream, uh, Baskin Robbins chocolate chip ice cream, fantastic. That's that's what I had gotten. I'd get it on the sugar cone, enough of this wafer cone business. The uh, regular sugar cone, which is great, except when they put that paper on there with that kind of glue. You know what I'm talking about? You ever get an ice cream cone and uh, they put your scoops on there? And then I like the cone. I like the taste of it. I want to eat that. And I like it when the ice cream goes inside the cone. And what I don't like, and this happens in so many places, is now they have that, there used to be this paper sleeve. I don't think we even had a sleeve as a, when we were younger. It's probably something now somebody decided, you know, you need to have a sleeve on your ice cream cone for some reason. Okay, maybe it's advertisement because it says, you know, whatever the ice cream company is. Well, they they do something to sort of glue it onto the cone. And one of the most difficult things to do is to peel that paper off without leaving paper residue on the cone that I'm not sure I should be eating or not. Have you experienced this? So I I always try to peel that thing off and get that off. And then sometimes it comes off and it's clean and it's great. And other times there's this, this sticky paper stuff. And I don't know, should I eat that or is it like bad for me that I'm eating that? So sometimes I don't, sometimes I'll just eat around it. Uh, anyway, that's a pet peeve of mine, but eating ice cream, especially when it's free and you want it in a contest, uh, that's my idea of beating the heat. Uh, that's what I like to do. 888-528-2557. How do you beat the heat? It's going to be a hot weekend out there. Got any stories, something that's worked for you, a memory like that? Uh, 888-528-2557. If you go hiking, I've done a lot of hiking, even when it's really hot. And uh, that's not for everybody again, but if you like it, it's just, you know, great out there. I'm enjoying the heat, you know, at, at this point. Um, but there's a story that uh, came out from uh, Loma Linda University, and it says that we misunderstand rattlesnakes and that rattlesnakes are severely misunderstood. And actually, actually they are uh, tender, loving creatures. That is not the experience I've had with rattlesnakes. You ever have a rattlesnake experience, uh, uh, Wilbert? I have. Oh, yeah? How'd that go? Did you get uh, bit? Surprisingly, it, it scared me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I go hiking in Pasadena sometimes, and up one of the trails, yeah, I just ran into a rattlesnake. I almost stepped on it. Ah. Now, what happened? Did it bite you, or did you just uh, take off? No, I, I took off. I was scared for my life. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I, uh, I ran into some rattlesnakes. Uh, there were two of them, and uh, they came. They were in two different spots. And I'll never forget how fast I run. I think it's the fastest I've ever run in my life. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah, I hurtled over some tumbleweed one time, uh, and I was with my friend uh, Bobby Van Zant, and we ran through the desert, and he was a faster runner than I was, but not on that day. Yeah, I think that time I ran down the hill. And, yeah. Uh, my friends called me because they thought they left me behind, and uh, I was at the car already. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they do. Well, according to uh, Loma Linda University, uh, warm and cuddly are adjectives that need to be used with uh, rattlesnakes. I, I don't see it. Uh, yeah, I don't see it. But apparently in this study, when the rattlesnake is on its own, so they did a study where they go out and they find rattlesnakes and they pick them up with the little tweezers that, that stick, you know, that they pick up the snakes and the snake people. And they put it in a bucket and it just stays mad and rattling and doing everything in the bucket to try to get out or prepare to pounce. But they discovered that when they put two rattlesnakes in the same bucket, that they calmed down, that they actually cuddled up with each other. And that it seemed to be that if they had company together, that uh, they were less aggressive and less likely to uh, be upset about being put in the, uh, the bucket. 
you know, I guess I would rather be imprisoned with somebody else. Can I keep a baby rattle with me? Does that count? All right. Maybe that would help. Maybe if you just cuddle up with a rattlesnake next time, there you, go. Uh, you know, it would stop uh, being scared of you. Because really, I think they're, they're afraid of you. I think I'll I'll stick to uh, cherry ices instead of uh, hiking this summer. Yeah, I think that's the better way to go uh, with that. Anyway, I think that's interesting. It's that uh, in this the study. Here's what they said. They said it lets us know that lets us know as humans that hey, we're not that different from the snakes. Um, I don't know. I think we're quite a bit different than the snakes actually. Um, but I get it. You know, I suppose animals, uh, even the insects like that, they can um, they can connect. Uh, with each other in that same way. Well, if you do come across a uh, a rattlesnake, uh, don't pick it up. Uh, don't take any time to do that. That would be uh, uh, a really good thing. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I want to remind you that the Pastor's Impact 23 conference is coming up September 21st, 2023. It's going to have uh, Robert Jeffress, who we had on our show at the first part of the hour today. Also, Steve Arterburn will be there, and uh, Dennis Prager will be there. We're going to have Dennis Prager on the show next week. Why is he going to a Pastor's conference? Well, you know, he's writing some Old Testament uh, commentaries, and uh, he's he might have some insight and some uh, interesting conversation uh, that you always have with Dennis. So he's actually going to be there. You can register now. Go to kkla.com. Click the Impact 23 Pastors Conference banner. It's at Azusa Pacific University. It will begin at 8 a.m. on September 21st. And uh, I'll be there, and we're going to have a, a really good time. There are several different people who are leading and leading some table discussion. It's for pastors and church leaders, and I really encourage you to go. It's free, free for pastors and ministry leaders. Leaders, but we do need you to pre-register so that we have enough meals available for all attendees. There's a continental breakfast and lunch. So this is breakfast and lunch. It'll last until from 8 to 1. And uh, as you heard earlier, I really encourage you to go for the encouragement, for just being together with other pastors. This is another important event. And if you're not a pastor or ministry leader, would you check this out anyway? Go to kkla.com and click on the banner and send that link to your pastor and your church staff. Send it to them and say, hey, it's free. I want you to go to this. You will have a great time. You will have free meals. You will enjoy it. And I really encourage you to do that. So kkla.com, click the Impact 23 Pastors Conference banner, September 21st, 2023. And uh, yep, send that to your pastor or pastors. Sign up today. I'd love to see you there. I'll be there as well. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back for hour two as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Friday edition, open line Friday. The number is 888-528-2557. Call with whatever is on your mind today. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.